0: Welcome to this conversation between Stephen Grubben, the CEO and founder of CoachPro, and me, Warren Hammond. Here's a quick snippet
1: of what to expect. Look, fixing problems, is, it can be a good thing. It's a complete and finished thing. It gets it back to zero. It sometimes gives you that feeling of self-worth and being able to win and being able to do something. But you know it's coming back again. It's going to come back. So it's being more aware that, first of all, that you have a choice. And if that choice is aligned to where you want to get to, it's a really good choice. But if that choice is no longer getting there to where you want to get to, there is an alternative.
0: Welcome back, podcasts. So this episode is concentrating on solution focus. What's interesting about this one from the start was the difference between solution and problem. So I kind of think they're the sort of same thing. So, you know, if you're solution minded, you're a problem fixer. But right from the start, um, in the model that Stephen explains that we say fixing a problem is taking something, let's say from minus three to zero. Whereas solution focus is taking a situation, which is, let's say, minus three, but building something better. It's sort of a way of sort of don't waste a good crisis. You know, when when there's a problem going on, when there's something that needs to be fixed, you can just repair it, patch it up, take it all back to base level, or you can use this as an opportunity to make something better. As with all these things, it's so simple when it's being pointed out to you. But again, with all of these self-development podcasts that we're doing, is the first thing is just being aware about the difference between it. And there will be times that you've done this and that I've done it and there'll be times that maybe you should have done it. But it's good to understand the difference between it. And as always, there's a simple four-point checklist on how to set yourself up so that you can go into as many situations as possible, focus on the solution. So hope you enjoy this one. I'll be back at the end with uh, some final comments. Anything you want to add, let us know podcast at coachpro.online I'm working on some transcripts as well at the moment and we're writing some blogs around this so do check out the different websites coachpro.online there's lots of good stuff there and I've got rhinoconsulting.nl so check us out see the transcripts see different blogs around the subjects that we discuss look at the different models on coachpro.online anyway let's dive straight in Here comes the cheesy music. So, still on Zoom, normal call sign. Edinburgh, can you hear me? I've been clear. I've been clear. Good news. So today's topic then is solution focus. Now, it sounds pretty obvious. All leaders are supposed to be focused on solutions. But as always, Stephen has a twist in the tail. So
1: why are we talking about solution focus today? Well, solution focus is a mindset. It's a high performance mindset. It's a positive mindset, but it's something that's not always clearly understood. And so to be able to understand what it is and what it's not allows you to take more ownership of whether you're choosing to be solution focused or whether you're more aware that you're more problem focused.
0: Okay. So this is the thing. So when you said, let's talk about solution-focused, I sort of thought, well, what's the alternative? And you say it's problem-focused. And my thinking would be, well, as leaders, all of us are here to solve problems. So being solution-focused is me solving the problems. But there's a di- you're saying there's a difference between being solution-focused and problem-focused.
1: Yeah, look, the clearest way to define it is being problem-focused is your ability to take something that's a minus one, minus two, minus three and bring it back to zero. You've fixed the problem. You've eradicated the problem. It's no longer a problem. You've got it back to zero. And typically what then happens is you get an opportunity to do that again and again and again, and you'll keep bringing it back to zero. You'll create a new version of zero. But what you're doing is continually fixing problems. Whereas solution focus is how you take something to plus one, plus three, plus five. Okay, so that makes sense. You're right.
0: So a problem solver then, a really good problem solver is somebody who can always take it back to zero. In fact, actually, they can do it really quickly or they can do it with minimal resources, but you're being measured by how quickly and efficiently you can get back to zero. Whereas then a solution focus is... This is about how you create something bigger than was there originally.
1: Yeah, and look, and and sometimes fixing the problem is all that's available to you. But there is a misconception in a lot of people that I need to fix the problem first before I can create a solution. And those are two subtle but quite diverse approaches. It is rare that for you to bring it from minus three up to zero, that you then automatically then go to plus one, plus three, plus five. Normally, what you've done to fix the problem eradicates the problem. So you will plug the hole in the boat, but that's not how you build a new boat. And and if your focus point is the zero, then you, you
0: automatically stop at the zero. I mean, that's just our natural. So that phrase that we've heard 100 times in the last 12 months is, you know, don't let a good crisis go to waste kind of feels that there's an element of that of this in that you know here's a problem you can either fix it and get everything back to normal or you can create this super duper new normal would that would that make sense in this circumstance
1: yeah and look there is a relationship i mean you can get it back to zero and as long as you then reset your question you can then take it to plus one plus three plus five but unless you reset the question you're in a cycle of solving problems. You're not yet reset into a cycle of creating solutions.
0: Okay. I like this.
1: That makes sense.
0: So being a problem-focused person is then me saying, let me, as you said, plug the boat. Solution focus then is let's use this as an opportunity to do something better, to build something better, to come back better
1: and stronger. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and, and look, this, this boils. I mean, I, I first looked into what being solution-focused was and I looked at it um, just over five years ago properly. And because I'd looked into something, I was doing I was doing the book, I was being asked to re-edit and re-edit, and I was looking into more detail and kind of evidence and science behind things. And I looked into, I discovered that there actually was solution-focused coaching. And I looked into that and I assumed, given the line of work that I've been in for over 20 years, I'm solution-focused. When I then looked at what being solution-focused was, I realised that I was about 90% problem-focused and 10% solution-focused because I kind of like a problem. I'm good with problems. I'm confident with problems. I've dealt with problems for years and years and years. I'm actually asked a lot, into places because I've been known for helping people deal with problems. So problems are friendly to me. They're advantageous. They're part of the success. And so I'm still attracted and fascinated by problems, either problems I've dealt with now 100 times, so I'm really confident, or I discover a problem I've never seen before and I'm fascinated by that because it's something new. So I get engaged and attracted into problems. So therefore what happens, I also attract problems. And I'm not advocating that you become 100% solution focused. I'm not convinced that's healthy or optimal. But what I do believe is healthy and optimal is being able to make a conscious choice of whether you're being problem focused or solution focused. I would say up until now, five and a half years later, I'm probably about 35% solution focused, but still 65% problem I love that. So this is,
0: as we've spoken about before, is knowing that there is there are other choices that you can make, and that's the key. So first thing is, is when you when we've just described this, it was really there's another approach. I thought we were all about solving problems, and now there's this idea of well, maybe maybe yeah, maybe mainly, but there is something else out there, and that's always great to see. Okay,
1: we do this all the time. We do this normally unconsciously all the time. If you're in situations where you're facing the same problem or a different version of the same problem on an ongoing basis, kind of here we go again, and there's a degree of comfort in that because you know how to solve that, then you're being problem-focused. And as long as you want to reface the same problem or a version of the same problem, then that problem-focused approach is working for you. But it will not create a new solution for you. And so if a new solution is what you're looking for, if you don't want to have to deal with that same problem again, it's about then creating a solution, which having a problem focus will not deliver for you. So it's where do you want to end up? Where do you want to self-determine as your outcome? And therefore making the choice consciously that's that's best equipped to get you there. I really like this. So this is, this is much more than about the outcome that we're going to be getting
0: as well. Because when I think about... Problem focus and solution focus as well. Some one of them feels quite negative, and one of them feels really positive. This isn't that. This this is two separate approaches. Know what they are, so you can choose which one do I need to
1: use today. Yeah, look, fixing problems is it can be a good thing. It's a complete and finished thing. It gets it back to zero, and sometimes gives you that feeling of self worth and being able to win and being able to do something. But you know, it's coming back again. It's going to come back. So it's being more aware that, first of all, that you have a choice. And if that choice is aligned to where you want to get to, it's a really good choice. But if that choice is no longer getting there to where you want to get to, there is an alternative.
0: Great. I want to know more about this alternative, then, because I think I'm a problem solver. As you said, that's kind of what you get called in to do. Um, and when you've proven that you've solved problems, that's where how you get promotions and all of this. But this is something different.
1: All right. I want to know more. I want to be more solution focused. Well, the importance is understanding why for you, you will get valued for fixing problems. Uh, And whether that's people coming to you saying there's a spider in the room, can you get rid of it? All the way through to, you know, we've got a global strategy that no one's buying into. Then there's value and you've been able to fix problems. There is significantly more value if you're able to demonstrate you can create solutions. So although both are equally valid, they're not equal in value. But it boils down to, on a practical basis, about the question that you ask. And this is where real important time for us to be taking ownership of this. If you do not determine what your focus is going to be, the world is going to tell you what they think your focus should be. Yes. And if you're not able to make a conscious choice, then you'll just need to wait to do as you're told. And I have clients who will sometimes say, we want you to fix the problem. And because I'm more conscious of this, what I'm able to invite them to do is to say, well, what if we really created a solution? Or we can just fix the problem.
0: And of course, the solution you're talking about, and even how you've you've almost reclaimed the word solution away from problem here. So like the fixing the problem, you know, before you talk about solving the problem, but now actually you're saying no, fixing the problem. It almost feels quite tactical. Whereas the solving the solution, this is something bigger. Uh, it feels sort of strategic. It feels you you're, it's creative. It's, it's interesting. It feels like it's going to link up with purpose and vision and all the other great topics that we talk about. It feels quite motivating. Getting, growing, and building, taking something to a plus three is always going to be
1: more motivating than taking something back to zero. But importantly, if you need to plug the holes in the boat to buy yourself the time to create, <laughs> then you know, don't put yourself under the pressure of We're taking on water. But I'm still trying to build a new boat. Once you're in the water, it's very difficult to build a new boat. And um, so, understanding the relationship between these two and what they are is really important. It will empower you. It will give you more self-awareness, it will increase your self-confidence and it will certainly impact your level of self-management. Otherwise, you're just going to have to deal with what everyone else throws at you or what everybody else decides is good enough for you. Now, the essence of being solution-focused or problem-focused, first of all, sits on a model uh, that we'll have tapped into a number of times and it's QTR. The question that you ask, which is the Q part of it, will then determine where your thinking goes, which will then end up in a result that you produce. So Q, T, R, question, thinking, result. We are all the sum and substance of the question that we ask. If you ask a big question, you'll get bigger thoughts, you'll produce a bigger result. If you ask a smaller question, you'll get smaller thinking, you'll get a smaller result. We can look at ourselves and look at others, In terms of the results we're producing and we can trace that directly back to the cause of that which was the question we asked
0: yeah so this is i mean this is one of the mantras
1: that i always think of is
0: right from the start of working with you is this better questions you know ask yourself better questions that will drive better answers so really that's so the better question then it leads to better thinking which will lead to a a better result. So the question, so the getting the right question, generate the right thinking, get you to the right result. So this is that Q, T and R. Okay. And so
1: if you're producing results that you want to change or are no longer good enough for you, unfortunately to try and fix the problem is that people go to the thinking. Why did I think that? Why did I not think that? Why did I say that? Why did I not say that? When actually the cause of it was the question you were asking. So the solution sits in the question because that was the cause. The thinking was just thinking was just a symptom and then the consequence was the result. So in essence, in terms of solution focus, you ask a solution focused question. Your thinking then goes looking for a solution and the result is you will find a solution. But if your question is a problem focused question, Your thinking will go into the problem. And the result is you'll become an expert on the problem. You'll then be an expert on why it's not working. Yeah. So, this is this, I mean, you're right. You've touched on this
0: so many times. It is kind of fun and interesting to keep seeing these things I we talk about in habits. We talked about this even in affirmations. You know, you, you talk about this even in terms of the confidence and self confidence. I mean, all of this is that getting the right, getting that question right just is the starting point for the for, for everything else okay so what's the difference then um, between a problem fixing i'm not thinking problem solving anymore i'm gonna have problem fixing and a solution focused question is there is there is it easy, is it easy to spot the difference or, or we'll, is that,
1: I, is that, I, I, we'll cover a few examples of this but on its basic level you can ask the question why is this not working? problem-focused, how do we make this better? Solution-focused. And I'll go into why these are really important and sometimes very subtle to begin with, but then very obvious very, very quickly. So the in, in essence, there's a, there's a four-point checklist that I use. And I use it before every call, every podcast, every meeting, every webinar, every conference that I go to, I have this four-point checklist. And this four-point checklist allows you to determine whether you're going to be solution-focused because problem focus tends to come. Problems people will come to you with. So this is about you determining if I'm going to be solution-focused, this is my four-point checklist.
0: Okay. So everything which which appears to you in a way then is almost asking you to treat it like a problem. This is you deciding actually... I'm going to treat this situation. This one is going to get the solution focused mindset. This one is fine to be fixed. This one, actually, we can do something different with, better with. So you get to the, this is you choosing. And do you choose by going through the checklist or do you choose before you get to the checklist?
1: Well, it depends on, this is what we've talked about being outcome focused, which is you self-determining the outcome that you want to get to. So, successful by being you rather than success by pretending to be something or someone else. So, this is you self determining. And I know for the calls that I go on, the podcasts I go on, the webinars, the conferences, the events, the meetings, I know there's some value if I go on and fix problems. I know my greater value is in helping people find solutions. And so, for me to be of higher value, it's best that I'm solution-focused. So I have this checklist in advance of all those things because, to be honest, once you're on the call, once you're in the room, once you're standing in front of an audience, it can be sometimes difficult to find because, typically, people will throw problems at you or share problems with you or ask for help on problems. And, therefore, if you haven't already got a connection to being solution-focused, it can be sometimes difficult to find that connection. You can, but it's a bit more difficult. So what I would ask is that as a good discipline, and this is what I do, is I have this quick four point checklist before I go into these things. Okay. Okay,
0: let's go through the four points then.
1: Okay. So the first part of this checklist is to be solution focused, you have to focus on the solution. And this is why solution-focused coaching doesn't really exist as a thing anymore, because it's too obvious. It's where it dies a death. Because to be solution-focused, you have to focus on the solution. That's good to say. Uh, well, right. right what's, what's point number two? You know, and people go, and yet this is the most important of the four steps. That's why it's number one. And um, I actually. For a big global financial services company, I was doing this, and they had 450 people in Madrid, their top people. And I was doing this uh, on the stage, and I was saying, okay, to be solution-focused, number one thing, focus on the solution. And the global CFO, unfortunately, turned to the person next to him, but said it loud enough for the first three or four rows to hear. So I was saying, to be solution-focused, you need to focus on the solution. And he turned around and said, are we paying for this? Because it was just
0: too obvious, too simple. I, I mean I must admit, you know, my face went, Oh, okay.
1: Um, all right, let's get let's let's move quickly to two and three, because I know I mean, you know. <laughs> so let's explain number one properly. So as an example, I have I look after the CEO of one of the biggest RPO companies in the world, recruitment process outsourcing. Between two thousand and eight and two thousand and twelve, they had a global exclusive contract with big North American bank to provide all the recruitment process outsourcing. It went so well it was automatically renewed from 2012 to 2016. In the September of 2015, they were notified that this time this contract was going to go to tender and that they had not been invited onto the shortlist. So this was a bit of news. And um, so Global CEO who I worked with She's fantastic. She responded really well. She tracked down whoever the head of global procurement was somewhere in North America. And she sat down and she said, look, this is really important to me. You're an important client. I need to know why are we not made onto the shortlist? So was she been problem-focused or solution-focused? You know, I love these questions
0: because I, <laughs> I feel like I'm in the headline. I think that's a that's a problem focus.
1: She's fixing how do I get onto the shortlist? So that would have been a solution-focused question. The problem-focused question that she asked was, why have we not made it onto the shortlist? The solution-focused question would have been, what do we need to do to get onto the shortlist? But because she asked the problem-focused question, and because they respected her, they went and put a team of people together, and within 10 days, they came back with a list of 17 reasons why they had not made it onto the shortlist. So although those questions are very close, why have we not made it on? What do we need to do to get on? It's, it's a small, the width of difference is very narrow. But the direction that we that then goes to opposite directions.
0: I mean, you can just see, I mean, I'm as you're saying it, I can, you know, it's night and day, isn't it? The difference in the in the follow-up conversation, like once you get that list
1: of stuff. It's, it's a it's, subtle difference. Yeah. But opposite an impact and this is what we tend to do is the how do we plug the boat does not take you in the direction of how do we build a better boat and so the first thing is to ensure is the question i'm asking a problem focused question or a solution focused
0: question so that's not as easy said as done as you've just said you've just given an example there so this is this is something you need to do with care
1: This is self-determination. You're determining that's the question you're going to ask rather than whatever situation's in front of me, I'll go with the first question. Because typically what you want to do is fix something that's wrong, fix something that's broken, fix something that's not how you think it should be. And therefore it takes discipline to then say, well, am I asking the right question? I'm asking a solution-focused question. Okay. So even though it sounds
0: bleeding obvious so to speak it's actually yeah take your time this is you know you're in these these are these are dangerous waters so if you get that wrong
1: and one of the clearest indicators to differentiate between the two is problem focused questions tend to be retrospective they tend to be about the past what's going wrong why didn't we why is that you know what's not working solution focused questions tend to be in the future how do we make this better how do we make it work? How do we get back on the shortlist? Now, and and you see this, and you do this in in in
0: you know when you do key relationships with customers and everything. That is that always that big thing is you know how and go back to what we what we've done on collaboration and partnerships and stuff is dreaming up that bigger future and talking about that to them. It changes everything. It changes the whole manner of the conversation. The moment you start, as you said, look looking forward and and we talked about it before as well on the trust is once they trust that you are going to be able of fixing the problems as well. But they're happy to talk about building the solution, isn't it? I think,
1: you know, you're, you're, you're dead on right. So the yeah. question counts. The question is what will drive the focus. OK. Because the question is the cause. So can I ask a solution focused question? What I've done over the years is built up a kind of uh, collection, a portfolio of solution-focused questions. So what would be better? What would be great? What would be ideal? What would work? What would be amazing? What would be ridiculously successful? Just setting those questions more in the future, and more solution-focused, allows your thinking to then, de- your thinking will just follow the question. Your thinking does not differentiate between whether it's a good question or a bad question. It just follows it. It's the question of course. And as a
0: as a leader or as a manager or as an external consultant or coach, it's sometimes easier to do this. I find that, you know, when you're called into client meetings when there's usually an issue, you know, and so they 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 bring you in and sometimes you feel it's just for cloud cover, you know, just to show that they've done the right things. But you you've almost got permission to ask these better questions because you are slightly further away from the problem.
1: If that makes you know if you see what I mean. Yeah, look, but it starts with you. If you're not asking yourself that solution focused question, then you're not going to have the connection to ask anybody else. And at an operational level, this is about being more aware of your questions that you're asking and whether you're being solution focused or problem focused. At a management level, it is making sure that you're asking the quality of question that is going to deliver the result you're looking for. And at a strategic level, this is then your ability to invite other people to ask a more solution-focused question because the question you get other people to ask is going to influence where they go as well. But the first thing, focus on the solution. That comes with the question you're asking. Of that. The second step... Yep, focus on the solution, number one. Focus on the solution. The second step, be confident to act upon surface-level information. Be confident to act on surface level information.
0: So, so surface level. So, what does that mean? Does that mean
1: then don't dig into don't dig into details? Or if you're problem focused, you want to do a deep dive. You will want to go right into the history of it. You want to get into the weeds. You really want to go down into the complexity and evidence of everything. If you're solution focused, you'll be confident to act upon surface level information. Now, surface level on some things is going to be very, very shallow. Surface level information on other things might be a bit more complex, therefore a little bit deeper. But at surface level is when it's enough. So, for instance, if I have an unhappy client or I even get the feeling that they might be unhappy, that's enough surface level information for me to act upon if I'm solution focused. So what do I need to do to make you happy? I really don't think I should have to go to that client and force them to evidence their unhappiness. You know, to go and send me all the emails that they feel they didn't get a quick enough response to. The being confident act on surface level. So this is what you've already
0: got, then. So if if there is a lot of information, that's that whatever
1: you've got's enough. Is that it, or it's not working? So what do we need to do to fix it? rather than it's not working. Why the hell is this not working? Who was supposed to be doing Why did that not happen? How long has this been going on? Who decided that was enough?
0: So two questions of this. Is this a speed thing? Because obviously you've got the, whatever information you have there, that's enough. Or, so that's one thing, one question. And then the being confident.
1: So how do I choose to be confident on that? Well, two things. First of all, on time and speed, and this is one of the massive advantages of being solution-focused rather than problem-focused, because you cut through to a solution very, very quickly, right? What do we need to do to fix this? As you can go into depth, how do we create something better? What would be the answer? What would be the solution to this? You know, and, you know, I I heard the other day someone saying that their mother used to, (laughs) when, when their mother was asking all the kids, So what happened? normally after some carnage? And then she would say, can you give me the shortened version? You know, can you give me just the surface level information? (laughs) Rather than he said, she said, but no, he didn't, but this happened. You know, it's surface level information. So first of all, the great benefit you get from that is you cut through and save an awful lot of time. An awful lot of time, and not just the repetitive getting back to zero all the time that fixing problems does, but you really cut through surface level information. That's enough to know. One of the examples I've got with that with the recruitment business, an executive search firm that I've worked with for years, and I look after their CEO, and they had globally an ex, uh, a globally exclusive uh, agreement with one of the big accountancy firms, and then their line of work, ex- exclusivity was not that they had it all to themselves. It meant they got it sort of 48, 72 hours before it went on to, you know, the open market. And this accountancy firm had registered five complaints uh, across uh, the UK and, and Europe and the Middle East, so the AMEA region, as justification for coming out of this global deal and be able to go to whatever executive search firm they wanted right from the start. And they put five complaints in to justify that. So I was with the, the CEO of the executive search firm and he was saying this, this solution stuff thing is great, which just I just wish we were here last week. He said, uh, we've got these five complaints in from this big accountancy firm. I've got a team of people downstairs investigating the complaints. He said, there's going to be two outcomes. He says, they're going to investigate the complaints, find that the complaints are valid and we're going to lose the client. He said, or they're going to investigate the complaints, find that the complaints are not valid, we're still going to leave the client. <laughs> he said, and I know the client, he said, across the other side of the city, is doing exactly the same to validate their complaints. So Fair Play to him, what he did was the following week, he arranged to go and see the head of this accountancy firm and say, look, you've got five complaints and we've got a team investigating. You'll have a team investigating. We're going to lose you as a client. What would we need to do to redefine this relationship? so the relationship was not just retained, but even better in the future. And what the head of that accountancy firm said, well, there's two things you need to do. So it was no longer five, it was two things. And those two things weren't even in the five complaints. He said, you need to tell us earlier when you've got an issue, because we don't feel we can trust you when you say everything's okay. It just costs us time. So the five complaints were just consequences, manifestations, issues that were caused by these two crucial points, that unless you dealt with these two crucial points, there was no solution.
0: You have just been arguing backwards and forwards about the validity of those five complaints, as you said. So that's the fixing the problem rather than focusing on the solution, which is whatever's happened is there. There's, there is an issue. That's the surface level information. You've raised these five things. That's enough information for me to see that there's an issue. I don't need to figure
1: out. And this is one of the best examples of why fixing problems doesn't then automatically continue through to a solution. Because when you don't act on surface level, when you go into a deep, deep dive, it takes an awful lot more time, a lot more difficult to come back out. But there's that surface level information, we can respond to that before it becomes a big issue, before it festers.
0: And you're right, that zero and and building, because you'd have just taken that back, you'd have got, you know, you, somehow or another, you'd have arm, tried to arm wrestle the client into honouring the contract and you'd have just been, then everyone went, phew, we live to fight another day rather than actually, wait a second, there, there's something deeper, there's a deeper issue here. I'd like that. And okay.
1: look, if, if you're on a call with a friend or a member of your family and you just get the sense that maybe things aren't quite right, then it's acting upon that surface level information. Are you okay? Is there something I can do to improve this? Otherwise, you come away thinking, have I done something to offend them? Have I missed something? Have they got something against me? Is there a problem? And then you go in a deep dive of all the previous conversations and all the things that you're maybe expected to do that you didn't know you're supposed to do and all these kind of things. And when this has happened before with other people or that person, and all of a sudden, you're right into the weeds of that. There's nothing that a 30-second conversation can't solve if you're willing to act upon surface level information. You sound a little bit off. Are you okay? Is there something I can do? And so that, that confidence then, that confidence comes from,
0: from believing that you don't need to have that information then. You can trust that this is enough and that the speed and, and asking the right question is more than enough
1: at this stage. Okay. And it points you both in the direction of a solution before both of you can kind address of drift into a problem. It makes me think of the constructive
0: criticism one is if your intent is clear, then you can go in. So if your intent is what you've just said, if you, if you get and see now why you're saying number one is so important, I'm going into this situation, I'm going into this conversation, really determined that there's going to be a solution, something better out of it. So I don't need all the information necessarily to hand because I'm my intent is is good and pure and, and
1: strong. Okay. And that's enough information, or even enough of a feeling, you know, learn to trust your gut. There's much going on in your gut as there is going on in your head, so trust that. Be confident to act upon it. So, step one: focus on solution. Step two: be confident to act upon surface level information. The third step is value small steps. When people are problem focused, they tend to make it massive, complex transformation is required. A whole new setup. You know, we need to rip that whole thing out and put something, and then you've got to bear in mind how that connects to a whole load of other complexities and politics and people's sensitivities. And You've got to think, what's the market going to make of that? Or what's the neighbours going to say? Or, you, know, or, you know, look at how this has affected things in the past and it becomes a big, big, complex thing. Value small steps. If you value small steps, you will see the small steps. If you don't value small steps, you will not see them even though they're right in front of you because what you're looking for is leaps rather than steps.
0: So is this then, so when you're looking at the creating the solution and seeing solving the problem, but we're not, we're creating a solution now, this is a lot more constructive. It's then what, breaking this out into smaller milestones these are what we need to do so it may be something massive is going to be done in the end but you you're, the success isn't going to be measured at 100% it's going to be measured at the 1% or, or well,
1: what could we do today how could we get that started What a really good way to get kick this off
0: that's exactly so this is something which it builds, you know, it builds momentum. It, it gets progress. It, everyone can get confidence that things are moving and things are, and we're going in the right direction. Okay.
1: And even in relationships, you know, you can trace issues and relationships back to the point where even asking a question would have helped, but because that person didn't ask the question, because they assumed what the answer was going to be and then what that was going to lead to and then how people were going to feel and then what would happen after this and what could happen after that and they create that complexity they never then ask the question are you alright even just the small step of communicating to that person i care are you alright that's a small step but it's a valuable small step just those little things that small things that can have such a big impact but if those small things are missed they also have a big impact but valuing the small steps enables you to start out on the journey rather than thinking you have to load up the whole truck before you can get moving I
0: think this is I mean I know this is we're talking about the solution focus but this is I think this and this is one of your this this comes out quite regularly I think in all of the stuff that we do is it isn't is to see that everything is these small steps as part of the bigger picture isn't it? it isn't that you have to do everything in one big go I, I I think this is I think it's really key. And I know it's in, an, in, in a few of the different models, but yeah.
1: At value in the small steps because if you value them, you'll look for them. If you look for them, you'll find them. Okay. And the fourth step, so if you get focus, confidence, value, the fourth step is about belief. And this is believing that you already have everything you need to start working towards a solution. All
0: right. I like this, focus, confidence, value, and belief. I mean, you know, these are four, we've won coaching bingo. <laughs> this is great. Solution, I think that's, I think this belief is great. And I think this feels part of, as we talked about, the whole self-development and self-determination is if you're doing this on purpose, you know, that, that's going to come through, isn't it? This isn't by chance. This is This is done On purpose, and that 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 belief will come with that, won't it? That if you're choosing to do this, that you're you're choosing this approach, there's a confidence and belief that comes
1: with that. Not always automatically, and and not always enough. So there's going to be times where your belief is bigger than what you think the solution is. So you've got more belief, that a bigger belief than the size of the solution that you think is required. And that's when you say, well, my belief's there. We can do this. Let's get going. There are times, however, that your belief will be great, but you see that the solution is required is even bigger. And that's when you can do two things. You either bring someone else in who's dealt with that before to increase your belief, or what you do is you get back to step three and you take that solution down into more manageable steps that you will value, so that your belief is greater than the size of the steps that you're taking. But it's really important that, You have that belief that you already have what it takes to start that process. What a lot of people do is they don't start to create the solution because they don't believe they've got everything for the finished solution. It's having the belief enough to get it started. As I say to every group of people, the answer is in the room. We just need to work on what's the question. Because we will come up with an answer. So this isn't
0: belief then for the total solution. This is just the belief that we can get through the next step and then the next step and then the next step and that comes.
1: And that builds and builds and builds because what holds a lot of people back is I don't think there is a solution. I don't think we can find a solution. I don't think, you know, that's for us to do. So it's having the belief. You already have everything you need to get it started.
0: You see this in teams, don't you? You know, you can't see the end. And we talked about vision and goals uh, last week. And, you know, when you have these massive B-hags, part of the excitement is you can't quite see how you do it. But the belief then comes from, but this is the first thing we have to do. We can do that. Oh yeah, we can do that. But the, but you don't necessarily have to be able to do the final ones, but can you? can we do the first steps? That's great. So if the belief isn't there, then your first steps
1: are too big or you need some help beefing up the belief? You've got two options. Either bring someone in to increase that belief, you know, and I'm brought into a lot of places because I'll have been there before, I'll have seen it done, therefore I come with more belief and that's enough to tip them over the balance to have enough belief to start the process. What I'm also, what I end up doing a lot of places is go in and say, okay, well, if you break this down into smaller steps, then you've already got enough belief. The answer is in this room. You just need to ask a better question. Uh, so that that's that's the importance of belief. And, and why this is key for, for people is that some people have a cognitive reaction to a problem. So it's an immediate response to a problem. If they see a problem, some people have the immediate response of, I want to fix that. I want to eradicate it. I want to eliminate it. I want to solve it. But not everybody has that same cognitive immediate response. Some people see a problem and they want to ignore it or they want to deflect from it or they want to deny it or they want to hope it just goes away or they want to blame somebody for it. And so not everyone wants to be part of the problem, but everybody does want to be part of the solution. So by reframing things with people around about you of solution, we'll be far more engaging with people because not everybody wants to go and deal with problems.
0: I love that. So that's a, that's a secondary benefit then of the moment then we, you start reframing everything as a solution, you'll get more buy-in from everyone around you as well.
1: And where that ties into the belief is that some people want to, they just don't have enough belief. So this is ensuring you've got the relationship between the size of the belief and the size of the steps they've been asked to take because if they don't have the belief they're probably comparing the the size of the belief against the size of the whole solution as opposed to finding the level at which they can believe And can you do that could you start here
0: i like that i like that and i'm thinking on a personal level now is she says you get called in sometimes because you've got the grey hair, I, I'm not going to. I'm not getting called in because I've got grey hair. I'm being called in because I've got belief. <laughs> That's what I'm going to be talking about from now on. It's not grey hair you've, you're bringing in; it's belief.
1: Well, well, you're well. You're brought in. Basically, you're brought in for those four points. First of all, your value in anything that you're brought into is your ability to invite people to ask a better question, a more solution-focused question. You're then more confident in helping them define what is surface level information so that they don't go into the weeds. You're then also there to give them a step-by-step guide roadmap into what the small steps would look like because and how valuable they are in the bigger picture. And then giving them the belief with reconnecting of when they've done this before, kind of situations where this has worked, all the attributes that they can bring to it so that it reinforces their belief that we can at least get that started. So you're, you're there on all four aspects. I love this. I think this is
0: a really, and, and in all conversations, there's always a really good mix of like mindset and strategies. And this is like that perfect one, you know, like the focusing on the questions and the small steps, they feel quite sort of, you know, that strategy thing, but the mindset, the confidence and the belief you know, if you get that right and that right, you're off in the way. you know this, this it's it's really strong. It's a massive it's a great it's a great distinction, isn't it Problem fixing and solution creation
1: and that four point checklist which has served me extremely well every time. It's also I've sometimes re- realized the value of it when I've not done it, and then I really wish I had uh, but I'm already in the room or in front of people. And I have to try and connect with it in my head. But these four steps, focusing on a solution, confident act upon surface level information, value the small steps, and have belief that you already have enough to at least get it started. These are four key points on a checklist. And if you get the first one right, the other three can then follow. If you've not got the first one right, the other three become very difficult to work with.
0: I like that, we should get a few of these questions and stick them on, and stick them on the Coach Pro website as a good as a good little cheat guide, just to get you started, isn't it? Just, to, I mean, obviously you shouldn't take the, any of these questions and 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 um, yeah, parrot them out to anybody. It's a good starter for 10 just to give you an idea of these are the type of better questions that you can ask. Okay, I like this.
1: Yeah, solution focused questions. It's uh, an example yesterday when I was with a client and they've got part of their business that's, uh, for instance, the size of 16 million and their ambition is to go to 40 million in the next three years. And so I'd say in that in their business, are you a 16 million business that aspires to be 40? Or are you a 40 million business that's currently doing 16? Because that will determine the question that they're asking. They're either going to be asking 16 million size questions, and how do we stretch that as far as we can, or they're going to be asking a 40 million set of questions. And it's the same as an individual. You know, are you a confident, successful person who's currently struggling with stuff, or are you a struggling person that hopes one way to be more confident and successful?
0: It, um, and well i feel this i've been doing my affirmations like i said seven seven days a week well to be honest, it's six days but i think that's part of it isn't it is if your starting point is these you know i am going to get a fitted kitchen then then everything else uh, everything else fits in no i get that that end state and this again so I, what I love about these conversations is how much comes back round again and and reminds you of some some of the past hits. Like when we talked about habits, this future identity self and how you change it, a lot of that is that questioning again. Is where's the question coming from? Is it and the affirmations? Where's this coming question coming from? It's coming from this future state. I am that person already, and therefore, as you say, the quality of my my question to myself is already improved.
1: At an operational level, because this being solution focused improves your self awareness, your self confidence, your ability to self manage, so that you produce better results by being you. This is not pretending to be solution focused, this is you becoming solution focused. So, at an operational level, it's being more aware that you've got a choice to be solution focused or problem focused. And you're already making that choice subconsciously. So, this is just being more consciously aware. That you have that. At a management level, it's then making decisions on whether it's best for you to be solution focused or you're okay to be problem focused. So you're managing that choice and at a strategic level, first of all, it's looking for you and what areas could I be more solution focused and also how do I then influence others around me to become more solution focused. And that is by changing, inviting them to change their question as much as you're changing yours
0: this is really good i think
1: as always i mean once in a
0: while we talked about this for once in a while you you will have stumbled into solution focused situations but it was kind of stumble and sometimes you'd have stumbled it and you wouldn't have made it all the way through but this is now being able to go into it making that choice and now having a framework that means you can actually see this all the way through to the end
1: Yeah, and look, this is about you intelligently self-determining that consciously rather than your emotions. Most people will have experienced becoming solution-focused when they're totally fed up with fixing the problem. Now, once you've kept the car on the road for so long, eventually you then realise, we need a new car. But it normally has taken a long time and a lot of heartache to get there. And then there's a kind of relief and excitement and a brighter future, because you then go, no, that's no longer good enough. I now want something better, not just fixing what's no longer good enough. And all this is caught doing is consciously accelerating that process and making a conscious decision that you can decide to be solution-focused anytime you want, rather than just getting so fed up with something, you end up, by default, becoming solution-focused on that instant.
0: I love it. This is a great thing to have in our toolbox. This is good. Thank you, Stephen. This is really good. I like this. I'm going to use this. Focus, confidence, value, and belief. Bring it on. I'm ready. It always sounds so simple when it's all been explained, which is one of the reasons I think these things are always so valuable. Sometimes it's pointing out things that we do already. It's something that you'd have lent on before, but this is about choosing to do it, consciously making the decision that this is the time and the place for the solution-focused tool to come out of the toolbox. And with the checklist, just makes it easier for you to do it, better and better every time. Importantly, with these things, you could think this is something I'm going to do every single time this even says there is a time and a place but it's good to know that you've got something in your locker for when it is the right time and it is the right place so solution focus how to make something bigger and better how of something put in front of you bad thing put in front of you i think this is a key leadership trait this is something that can impress and motivate your teams have you enjoyed this as i said before any thoughts comments let us know there'll be transcripts and detailed notes around this for those of you who don't only want to listen but also like to read it or want to take their own notes hope it all helps coach pro online i said there's lots of the models there there's some really good videos which explain this do check that out too anyway i'm off talk to you again soon have a good week bye-bye